Welcome to the Grow to Glow podcast. You're here with your hosts, Dana Lee and Anthony. And we're sharing our stories, becoming our best selves. Welcome back to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're coming back with you on episode 11. And hey. yeah, how do you feel about that, Anthony? Episode 11, we finished our first 10. Hey, just churning them out like pies, you know? <laughs> Keeping them in rotation. Exactly. And we <laughs> One hope- at a time, that's good. And we hope that you guys are enjoying it. Um, we're enjoying it. And we're happy with all the feedback we're getting. So thank you so much for the support. And please, 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 please continue to share to your friends. Yes. Very uh, helpful to do that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up? How has your week been? Um. So, well, we took a two-week break. So that happened. Not much has happened too much. This week, actually, tonight, I was supposed to be flying to North Carolina. That's right. But then nature said no. (laughs) 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 So, uh, hurricane. Wow. Hurricane Florence Florence, um, decided to uh, ruin and delay all of my plans. I was supposed to be going to the Dreamville Fest to see J. Cole, SZA, who I've been praying to God to see for a while. Yeah. Uh, Big Sean, one of my favorites, Young Thug, lots of different artists were supposed to be there, but the hurricane is now category five. Um, and my friend lives out there as well. So I was going to be staying with her and I know she's really been wanting me to come visit. So, um, we kind of determined on Monday that it's probably not a good idea because it just doesn't sound safe. Even when the hurricane didn't seem that bad at that point but now I'm so glad I was able to cancel everything and I did it in a perfect time frame to where I get a refund on everything the hotel my flight and they're refunding us for the concert tickets so you know it is what it is I'm just would rather be safe than sorry exactly how's your friend do they have to evacuate she said she's not evacuating but they're prepping for uh, the hurricane and she was telling me like it was monday she was like yeah i tried to go to the store for water but it's sold out everywhere like water bottles are gone every water's gone so she said she ordered some from amazon which i hope she did receive because i'm thinking oh, i'm well if she has you know prime which i think she does then hopefully she got some water by today otherwise i don't think that the postal service is going to be working during the hurricane so um, Perry's up for North Carolina. I know I've been praying for her safety as well. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's kind of scary. And she's from California. So this, I think, well, I don't know. She, she's lived in North Carolina for school. So I don't know. I don't, well, I don't think she's been through this before. So I don't know. It's, it's just scary to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I decided. I don't even think I would have been able to fly out. There's no way that they would have allowed no. flights out anyways. So it was just kind of a done deal, but it's okay because I have more time to do my personal training. Hey. <sighs> and he's been kicking my butt like nobody. I, I all, of a, all of a sudden it just got really harder, and I don't know what happened. But he, it, that's what they do. They try to ease you into it until, yeah. <laughs> and then they turn it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I said props to you because I, I I quit my personal training when I did it because <laughs> that was like two sessions. So look at you. <laughs> I know. I yeah, I've been doing it since July and. Um, now I'm starting to take it more seriously because it's getting harder and 
I was taking it seriously, but you know how you go on vacation, you go out and you kind of eat and do what you want. Well, now I'm being a lot more strict with myself, at least trying to be. And I can tell that I'm getting stronger and I can do more things than I could before, but it's still super, super difficult. Like what I thought was high intensity training (laughs) (laughs) is is not, is nothing in comparison (laughs) to what I'm actually doing, which is high intensity training. And I mean, like, gasping for air. I, sometimes I think I'm going to die. And I tell him, look, I can't breathe. I'm going to die. And he says, that's that's how you're supposed to feel. And oh, no, at that Steve. point, I just question life. <laughs> Steve, I would have walked out already. I said, well, I'm not giving up my life for this. So. Right. So, I don't have the tolerance. I don't have the range. Whatever. Oh, my God. I don't have the range. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And it takes a, it's more like mental, I think, than physical. Because once you think, once you're able to push past what you, what's, what you believe is possible, then okay, you got it. <clears throat> but it's truly something that I think has helped building me and helping me realize nothing comes easy. Right. Um, so it's very humbling. Okay. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah, I, I'm very humbled. I was doing, I was working out two times a day, and then I had to stop that because my the way that he's training me now that it's gotten harder. There's just no way I could work out two times a day anymore. That's just not even possible for my body at this point. I have to like allow myself time to rest, oh, and shit. I'm like sore all the time, and and so yeah, so that's Mm-mm. how that's been going. Well, props to you. Oh, that's I'm proud because Thank I'm you. living through you. Because um, I'm no, I will never do personal training again, probably. Because <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. Man, <laughs> so I'm like, Bitch, no, I'm leaving. So I literally quit. He's like, "So you're quitting?" I said, "Yep." And I got my shit and I left. <laughs> I'll tell that story a different day. <laughs> and normally, like, normally, um. I like being told to do, I like, you know, being pushed like that. But the way he does it is like a real, 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 real way to where it's like when he talks, sometimes I just get so upset and I'm just like, stop yelling at me. And I think one day I told him, I was like, I'm going to cry. He's like, no, there's no time to cry. You don't have time to cry. You need to focus on your exercise. I was just like, oh my God. Oh man. But you know, I'm happy with what it's teaching me. So I appreciate that. Yes. Um, and then hip hop drama, which I'm always interested in. I'm a music person, as you guys may have picked up on. Yes. <sighs> Cardi B versus Nikki. Um, gonna keep it brief. They fought at Harper Bazaar's icon party. Well, you know what? They didn't fight. There was an altercation. They didn't fight because I'm staying right here. (laughs) Right. I'm staying right here. Um, And, you know, as I reflect on this, it's a big moment for hip hop, especially with female rappers, um, especially with someone who's on the come up and just had a baby and, and, and versus a veteran who's been in the industry for a while and just does not want her crown taken. By any means. Okay. By, by any means. It's interesting to watch. And my perspective is that um, I'm an OG Cardi fan. 
And I yeah. and I listen to Nicki too, but I'm an OG Cardi fan. And if you don't know her song "Pull Up," this may have been a surprise to you. However, <laughs> to those of us who've been rocking since day one, "Pull Up" means "pull up." If you don't pull up on me, I'm going to pull up on you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have been through something similar to this where someone was talking about me online saying, you know, oh, when this when Dana sees me, she's not going to do anything. At that point, what else am I supposed to do? I got to pull up. You know, I had pull up. Now, granted, I was younger. I was I had a lot. Well, you know what? I had a lot to lose. But at the time in my my mentality was like, I don't have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I was in college um, and. You know, I pulled up and I reacted the same way Cardi did with multiple people holding me back, multiple people trying to get me to be calm and rational. But I was just like, well, what was you saying? What were you saying? You was talking all of that. on Twitter. What was it? What was it? Like, what were you saying? What was it? Like, say it. What was it? You were saying a lot. What was it? What did you say? Come on. Like, a lot worse than what I'm saying now. I'm I'm much more (laughs) reserved, and God has healed me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But, But I see where she's coming from, and especially if she felt disrespected in terms of how she is a new mother with her brand new baby. And for me, you know, anyone who talks about my child, you know, um, who knows what's going to happen. And that's just right. where, you know, that's just where it stands. However, I do see on the opposite side, I also look back at that moment in my life and do you, I do regret it partially because it's like I made myself look like a, an idiot and I was on college campus. I was in uh, the cross-cultural center. I was in the Black Student Union office Damn. trying to fight another black woman. Mm-hmm. So I have direct like correlation to this incident and I remember my mom, me telling my mom what had happened and, um, you know, my dad called me later. was like, what'd you do? Like, your mom's upset. She's crying she, and she got a bloody nose at work. Like it just, once I realized how much it impacted her, then I, that's when I kind of, I really changed my life and my attitude and tried to work on my anger more intentionally. But I see, like, I see both sides. I see the side where it's like, okay, I get it. Nikki says she was humiliated. I get that. I, when I did that, I look back and I'm like, it is humiliating, especially to be in a black space that's supposed to be a safe space, wanting to, you know, cause violence to another black woman. Mm, Yeah, not a good look, especially because I was on, it's just, there's layers and layers and layers and layers, layers. you know, that was just like, that just was not a good look. Um, but at the same time, me having a connection to Cardi and her personality, it's like, we don't really take disrespect lightly. It's something like, you know, if you, for me, it's like, if you're going to say something, if you're going to act a certain way and you're going to maintain, you want to maintain that, maintain it in person, maintain it publicly in person where I'm Mm -hmm. at and be able to stand by what you say because I feel like in this era that we're in, people are just, and it makes me so upset because people say whatever they want online. They say whatever they want in the press. They say whatever they want in media. They say what they, you can say anything, and our president demonstrates that completely. You can say anything. You can try to portray any persona. You can be anything. You can really be anything and say anything. But the moment, like, you step outside your house 
and that conflict comes to greet you, you better have the same energy. Like, don't be a punk. Don't be, don't be wishy-washy, flip-flop, and not be able to stand by your words. I hate that. You, you need to stand by everything that you're about, period. So that's my take on it. Yes, not, I'm staying right here. I, 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 I was it. like, oh my I'm God. I'm right here. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I love the picture, though. It's my background, the picture of Cardi <laughs> with the black no, and white. It's my no, phone background. No, no, Her <laughs> face was like, this is so Cardi. Like, this is just Cardi. That's why none of it surprised me, because she, she's been she's been who she is. And, yeah, it probably wasn't the best place. And, yeah, you know, I would have did it a little different. You know, she came off right at least, you know, she came off aggressive off the bat. I would have been nice. I would have got real close. I would have been like, how are you doing, honey? Like, let's have a talk. Let's have a heart to heart. You look beautiful. You look so, boom, right there. And that's what it would have been. But however, like I said, God has changed me for the better. And I am moving forward and onward. I don't want any violence. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I know. I was just, I just, I just love her. I'm Team Cardi. I'm, I'm kind of over Nikki. I just, uh, uh, she's just doing a lot, and it's like you don't need to do all that. Just calm yeah. down. Um. So yeah, I was Team Belakis or Belkalis, Belkalis, yeah. not Belakis, Belkalis. Yeah, yeah. Um. The last thing I want to talk about, which is going to correlate to the theme of our episode in a sense, because it, it just triggered something for me. Mac Miller died last Friday. And he is a rapper. He's a white rapper from um, Pennsylvania, right? Or from Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I don't but know. Pennsylvania is the state. So. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. He's from Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. And um, most notably known for dating Ariana Grande, but let's downplay that for a minute because, above all, he was a musician, he was an artist, he was a rapper before that relationship and when I found out like it really 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 bothered me and made me very sad and like even every time I think about it it just makes me sad because we're the same age he's 26 and um it was like unexpected it's devastating and I think this year has just been a lot of death for me to where it's just kind of (laughs) like what does this mean and why like why what how what does all of this death mean um and how am I supposed to be looking at this and another thing and I had to really dig deep like why does this bother me so much why does this bother me so much I think how young he is and that we're the same age that, that bothers me because it just reinforces what I've already kind of been ruminating over is that this life is not promised and the way that we perceive our lives to be or the way that we think our lives sh- should be and how long we're going to live is completely not in our hands and that I'm reminded of that daily um, and he looks like one of my first male best friends I had growing up. Um, they look very similar. Um, and I grew up with this person, known him since I was four, and he passed away from cancer two years ago. So he was 
24. No, he was 20. He was 25. He must have been around Mac Miller's age. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And I just think it's so sad. And I think watching this, how it happened, like him breaking up with someone he was with for a while, then shortly after you know, finding out that person was engaged to someone else, getting in a DUI, a car crash. Okay, a couple months go by and then you overdose. It's just really tragic and really sad. And so, in thinking of Mac Miller, I revisited his swimming album. I had already downloaded it and listened to some of it before he passed. Um, but I revisited it and I listened to it in completion and I listened to self-care come back to earth 2009 and it's kind of like him ruminating over his struggles his like the you know the mental the mind the kind of back and forth you have internally with yourself and um he always obviously talks about you know his addiction issues um and the album swimming swimming basically meaning trying to keep yourself from drowning like you're swimming you're maintaining you're trying you're, you're you're just continuing you're going through it and it's sad that that was never really fulfilled in his mm -hmm. life um and so that made me think of well like our mental health like what brings a person to these moments where it's like i have to just keep swimming like what what do we struggle with? What do we battle? And how can we continue to keep swimming without drowning? Like, what can we do to actively and intentionally keep ourselves from going under? So I wanted to bring that up. And that's going to correlate to what we're going to talk about. Um, don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but R.I.P. Mac Miller. Um, if you have a chance to check out his album, I know now, obviously, this always happens after someone dies. His album's probably going to go number one. Everyone's downloading it and listening to it. Um, which, I mean, it is what it is. But if you have a chance, check out his album. It's very, very good. My favorite songs are Self Care in 2009. Um, yeah. So that's all I had that I have been dealing with and thinking about the last couple of weeks and what about you yeah it was a lot these two weeks um me i was pretty low-key i just um <clears throat> the girl who was renting out my apartment finally moved out the lease is up praise so off my hands the <laughs> lord i yeah. can't stand a trifling trifling capital t well, the whole thing is capitalized. Tenant. Oh, stressed me out. And then I got there. Things were just a mess. She left the whole place a disaster. So I had to spend like two hours. I cried because I had to spend two hours cleaning. I cried because I felt just so taken advantage of and I just couldn't yeah, believe it. Yeah, But it was a learning but it's a, lesson. I was going to so. say, that's a learning lesson. Look, it's just a never, learning lesson. She, never again in my life will I do that. Unless I have an ironclad ass contract, like something, but yeah, you just you have faith in people. I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, never again will I do that shit. Look, the universe said, mm -mm, so whatever. Peace and blessings to you. Right. Have a good life. Never want to talk to you again. <laughs> Other than that, um, it was my friend's birthday last week, actually on Sunday, which was nice. My friend Crystal, shout Crystal! out to Crystal. Happy birthday, guys! Birthday. I know. Hey, Virgo season. So we all she had a nice brunch at this restaurant. It was nice seeing everyone. Yeah. And 
folks I haven't seen in a while because I've been kind of a recluse. So it was nice catching up. That was real cute. And I've just been watching my shows. I'm trying to catch up on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I finished. I'm on. I just started season seven. Um, season six was great. I was in tears, Dana. It was just so good. And what it happens? kind of reminded me of what you talked it's kind of there's kind of correlations too to Cardi and Nikki and like your situation because it's not the reunion when Portia attacked Kenya. Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah, then she was like yep. stomping and everything, but because yep. but Kenya kept putting that damn thing yes. in her face. She was like, "You think I'm gonna stick it up your ass?" Like, yes, because that's the thing when someone's like poking at you, her, yes. provoking you. It's provoking, like yes. if you do that to the wrong person. Then yeah, that's gonna be the outcome. Cause some people like people like me and Cardi and Portia. It's like <laughs> my words, especially when I'm angry. I can only say so much before it's like now I'm just okay. gonna have to show you physically what I mean. I feel you. No, but I feel you. Moving yeah. forward and onward. <laughs> forward and onward. No, that whole reunion had me in tears. Just that whole season with just Mama Joyce, not like oh and Todd and saying. Ain't no valley low enough to keep me <laughs> off your ass, baby. There's just so many great she's lines. I couldn't. Uh, she's just too much. She's so extra. Um, I just, I was uh, thoroughly enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally watched Orange is the New Black this last season. And I had texted you when I finished. Because yeah. you're the only one I know who has watched this season. I just couldn't believe the ending. I just, yeah, it hurt me. I was so hurt. I don't want to give spoilers. But if you haven't watched it, watch it. I don't know. It was a lot. I was like, oh my god. That broke. I was just, it was a lot. And then Shameless. I finally watched season 9 of Shameless on Netflix. I love that show. Like, I do not care. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's, quote unquote, some things are problematic, whatever. Everything's problematic. Yeah. That's a yes, fun, it is. Yeah, it's so problematic, and it's funny. But and it's guess good, what? and it's funny. I said what I said. That's a bomb-ass said- show. I said what I said. I said what I said. I said what I said. And guess yeah. what? It gets even more problematic. I was going to tweet about it. You'll probably... Okay, I'm going to talk... Uh, I don't know if I should talk about it. It's in the preview, so... If it's in the preview, yeah. Basically, the most problematic character on there is Frank. And it's just kind of uh. like... That's and you start to love him because that's just who... That's just who he is. And it's never... I it's never going to change. No. <laughs> it's never going to so change. And... Coming up in this new season, he's going to be trying to campaign for some white guy. And he's like, because he has a problem with, he has a problem with, he says the gays, the uh, women, they're all taking over, running this country. He's like, and so he gets a shirt that says white is right. (laughs) He just campaigns for this guy. But like, that's. It's funny but because that's, that's Frank. That's Frank. Like if you understand the show and the context. If you like, understand the context, like, he's literally trash. So, for a trash person to be saying this, it's like, duh. This, it's not surprising. And it's funny. Shameless is I love, so funny. I love, I love me some Frank Gallagher. I don't care. Like, I do honestly, like Frank. There's something about him, too. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just like, hmm. I don't know. You can get it, Frank. <laughs> Ew. Nah. <laughs> Hey guys, don't forget we're also on social media. Please make sure to follow us and engage with us and let us know your thoughts on our show as well as any suggestions you may have regarding a topic theme. You can find us on Instagram at Grow to Glow. You can also find us with the same handle on Twitter. And you can email us at Grow to Glow Podcast at gmail.com.
Also, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes to show your support. Help us gain visibility and climb these podcast charts, y'all. All right, let's get back to the show. So um, we are going to move into, as I discussed earlier, our um, topic is mental health. And there's so many layers to mental health. There's so many things to be discussed. But what I really wanted to focus on um, and unpack and talk to you, Anthony, about is depression. Because I feel like this is something that goes ignored in the black community and Mm -hmm. is never really addressed. But I think clearly what we're seeing in culture and and in conversation and in some, you know, just Twitter talk and all these different things in life um, is that people or we as people are possibly just consider it just everyone listening consider this you know i may be wrong you may disagree but consider that we are not addressing a possible mild to moderate to severe indicators of depression and we're responding to this these different symptoms in ways that can be damaging to ourselves and to our you know mental health and you could be clinically depressed and take medication or you could be mildly depressed and actively seek ways to kind of aid with reducing those symptoms and reducing um, that kind of condition for your life. But I think it's important to talk about because it's <laughs> there have been moments in my life growing up where I had indications of depression and um, I think at first it was met with, well, let me give you a Bible verse and, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Go to God. Pray, pray, pray until you can't pray no more. Okay. Um, And that didn't always help. And then I think once my mom realized that, that's when it was like, okay, she's got to go to therapy. And it was like that ever since where I I automatically, I pray, I trust God, but I also go to therapy because I think people are gifted and created to specialize in helping others understand what's going on in their minds. Like, that's a gift. And it's not something to be looked down upon. Um... But anyways, so I wanted to read like some myths about depression, what causes clinical depression and symptoms of clinical depression. And then I have some questions to consider. And then I'm going to ask you, Anthony, and you can let me know your thoughts and what your experiences are. Okay. Okay. So the myths about depression, and you can tell me if you've experienced this, heard about this or whatever. Uh, The myths and stigma, and this comes from mentalhealthamerica.net. The myths and stigma that surround depression create needless pain and confusion and can keep people from getting proper treatment. The following statements reflect some common misconceptions about African Americans and depression. Why are you depressed? If our people can make it through slavery, we can make it through anything. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. When a black woman suffers from a mental disorder, the opinion is that she is weak and weakness in black woman is intolerable. Okay, you got to be strong all the time. Listen, you should take your troubles to Jesus, not some stranger psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. 
The truth is that getting help is a sign of strength. People with depression can't just snap out of it. Also, spiritual support can be an important part of healing, but the care of a qualified mental health professional is essential. And the earlier treatment begins, the more effective it can be. So have you heard those myths before, those sentences? Sure have. <laughs> Everyone. Right. I think they're myths. They're a bunch of hubba-baloo. It's dangerous because yeah. of the stigma. And that's it's it's dangerous because you do hear that. And so, well, I'll speak for myself, you know, so that, that would cause me to, like, be reluctant to, like, seek it out. Because, like, well, it is right. If they can make it through that, like, I don't have it that bad because, yeah. you know, slaves, they had it worse. So if they can do it, then I can do it. You know, so I'm just like, well... You know, I just think the effect that it has is it's it's it could be dangerous. So it's good to combat these myths with facts, like that last one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a fact, right? That wasn't a myth. What? The last one you read. You should take your troubles to Jesus, not some stranger psychiatrist. No, after that. The truth is that getting help is a sign of strength. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think it's important to have, like, truths like this to dispel the myths, to mm-hmm. encourage the community to seek it out, because, I mean, it's essential, honestly. Right. And yeah. what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. I think um, trauma and generational curses, I mean, they're, they're generational. Things are passed on. So, yeah, okay, we didn't have it as bad as the slaves, whatever. We're bored, But we are living in an era where trauma still exists violence against us still exists uh mental physical you know spiritual whatever all of this violence still exists and can be damaging to a person um so that should not be ignored i think a lot of times in black communities trauma occurs and we suppress it we suppress it so much so that if you never get that help you end up passing it along to your children your child grows up suppresses it they see you suppressing it passes it along to their child so on so far so on so forth to where it just continues to spiral okay look um so what causes clinical depression um many factors can contribute to to clinical depression including cognitive issues example negative thinking patterns um which i will admit that i have that issue at times Biological and genetic factors, which I just mentioned. Um, Gender, it affects more women than men. Other medications, other illnesses, and situational factors. For some, a number of these factors seem to be involved, while for others, a single factor can cause the illness. Often, people become depressed for no apparent reason. In an effort to cope with the emotional pain caused by depression, some people try to self-medicate through the abuse of alcohol or illegal drugs, which only leads to more problems. And so this is kind of what, where my idea to talk about this, where, you know, came from Mac Miller and what happened to him and the overdosing, because from what I read, he had struggled with um, addiction and being sober and even in one of his songs, I think he said that he's been dealing with this for 25 years. So he, he's talking about him being one and struggling with something deep inside of him to where he had to self-medicate and have this kind of lifelong type of issue. I mean, I don't know if that's really when it started, but I know that's something he mentioned in his music. Um, and I And that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the ways in which we self-medicate 
instead of seeking out help? Why are we self-medicating? Because we have this one of these different reasons or issues um, and we're trying to deal with it on our own because of the stigma of going to seek help. Um, I concur. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. Same. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I mean, who doesn't? And self-medication doesn't have to just be alcohol or drugs. Sure doesn't because that's not mine. I know what mine is. Oh, hey, I was going to go into some other things. (laughs) It could be sex. It could be addiction to going out and just partying all night and not taking care of yourself. It could be addiction to food. It could be addiction to, you know, uh, what do you call it? Gambling. It could be, you know, it could be anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are things like we have to be aware of because if you're trying to grow and glow in life, you have to become a lot more self-aware and in tune with what's going on in your heart and what's right. going on in your mind. Okay, so last thing I want to read from this article is symptoms of clinical depression. So due to cultural backgrounds, depression may be exhibited differently among African-Americans. To help decide if you or someone you care about needs an evaluation for clinical depression, review the following list of symptoms. If you experience five or more for longer than two weeks, if you feel suicidal, or if the symptoms interfere with your daily routine, see your doctor and bring this sheet with you. So if you want to take notes, you can. So uh, symptoms being a persistent, sad, anxious, or empty mood or excessive crying, reduced appetite and weight loss, or increased appetite and weight gain, persistent physical symptoms that do not respond to treatment, such as headaches, digestive disorders, and chronic pain, irritability, restlessness, decreased energy, fatigue, feeling slowed down, Feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness, hopelessness, pessimism, sleeping too much or too little, early morning waking, loss of interest or pleasure in activities, including sex, difficulty concentrating in remembering or making decisions, thoughts of death or suicide or suicide attempts. So that's just to give you guys an idea of what symptoms are related to clinical depression and like I said um it could be mild to moderate to severe depending um I guess on um how extreme the these things are um but kind of take inventory of yourself and you know just be aware so questions to consider something I want to ask you um, given everything that we're discussing in the black community, mental health, depression, can you recall any moments in your life where you felt hopeless or helpless? And if so, could you describe what it like really, really felt like for you? Mm. <laughs> we're being I know vulnerable I'm... here. Huh? So we're being vulnerable and transparent here. Lord, I'm a Virgo. We don't do this shit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm sweating. I'm all shifting over here. <laughs> Got to keep it in position. <laughs> well, whatever you Woo. feel comfortable sharing. Just wanting huh? to know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Just to oh, see, yeah. you know, if people can relate to whatever we've gone through or whatever. Yeah. No, the thing is, it was funny because, not funny, but interesting because earlier you mentioned, like, you know, how we suppress a lot of things. Like, I know I felt these things, but I feel like over the years, like, I suppressed so much that I tend to kind of, like, 
forget. Like, yeah. I know there have been times where I've felt that way, but it's like I've suppressed it so much that, like, nothing immediately comes to mind because I've tried so hard to just, like, get over things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There's some, well, I'm not going to give all my tea because there, there's a couple things that like pop in my head right away where I'm like, yeah. Um, how can I just des- describe it? Like, like describe like the feeling or like describe. Yeah, I guess what it like, felt like for you. Or, like, Whatever you feel comfortable. So I guess if you don't have to describe it, you could just say, yeah, I experienced it. Okay. <laughs> well, just be like, like that. I don't know how to describe it. Because. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've described it. I felt hopeless. In that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, there have been multiple instances where yeah, you just you just feel hopeless and helpless, and it's just like, it's just I can't explain. It's like a wait. Okay, so there was a time, yes, especially like okay, so this time last year, like at the beginning of my quarter, like life crisis as it was at that time, uh-huh. like literally, like I would t- like I felt like I was drowned, like how it felt. I felt like I was at the bottom of the ocean with uh-huh. like anchors tied, uh-huh. and I was just like drowning, and there's like nothing I could do, and I was just like, I don't know what I can do. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, and I kind of like concur with you saying that you suppress things because I am also a person who suppresses things. Who okay, I'll say this I used to suppress things, but I don't know at what point I figured maybe at last year I realized how much I suppress and I've worked on not suppressing things and dealing with my emotions. I would say that that started july of last year because a significant event occurred and it kind of just changed my perspective on everything and even after like my mom's death my perspective has shifted even more i've changed even more so i was a person who suppressed things like a lot of things happened and i just not deal with it but that's when my mom interjected and was like no you're going to therapy so i would have to um have to do that so i'm glad she planted that seed in me because now it's like I know I, I just need to go to therapy to kind of stay on track and, and stay in the right mind space. Right. Um, but, like, those moments where you just, like, you feel like, like you said, you're at the bottom of the ocean with weights down on you, and you, you can't, like, really swim out of it. You can't come out of it, um, which is what I think Mac Miller was discussing in his album Swimming, like... The feeling of being helpless and not being able to pick yourself up on your own and and um, really have a way out, like have a, an option out of the situation that you're in. But I, but like, yeah. So I, yeah, that's what it feels like. I mean, if you've experienced it, then you can you understand where we're coming from. If you haven't experienced it, but you know someone going through um, these types of emotions or thoughts, then you know, reach out and, and make sure that you're asking them how they feel and, and just being there. Um, but has there been what I was thinking of outside of just like a personal ex- traumas and things that happen in our lives that would cause depression? Like, I'm not going to go into our own too personal because I feel like for me, it gets real personal with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll talk about what well, I, I have different things I could talk about. Like there's been like, it's just kind of been throughout life. Nothing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm like, what do what do I tell? Okay, you I mean, try to go through your teeth. Yeah, I'm like, like which packet? <laughs> like, which packet? Well, uh, <laughs> you're uh, it's just been a lot of different things. Well, like you had mentioned, like your mom made you go. Like that was mine. Okay, because like. My grandma had depression since, mm. like, she would always tell us, like, since high school she felt it. So, I mean, I know it's, like, it runs in the family. And that my first experience started in high school, too. Like, that's when I, I was just start to, like, you know, feel it, mm. you know. And so there's kind of a shift in me, too. And my mom, too, was like, you need to go to therapy because, mm. you know, you're not talking to us anymore. Like, all these things or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to talk. <laughs> so... I would go to sessions and I wouldn't wouldn't talk. Yeah. She was like, I'm not going to waste my money. Yeah. But, like, I thought it was something I could just, like, kind of deal with. It would be fleeting and pass. And it was until, like, you know, now I realize it's something that I'm, like, I've never been, like, like, formally diagnosed or anything. Uh But it's, like, it's, like, I know it's something I've been experiencing since then. And it's not just going to stop. So that's why I know that's something too, like, when we talk about that later that I have to like work on. But no, like, I mean, I have family members who have suffered from it, but it's like no one talks about it. Like my grandma, she's Mm -hmm. the only one that was really open and honest with it. Mm -hmm. And she suffered from other mental illnesses. Like she had like, she was like schizophrenic and things like that too. So she was always like very open and honest Mm -hmm. with it. But I think because of that, like a lot of my family, like there's like so much stigma surrounding all of it. So nobody nobody talks about anything yeah and i've had like other family members like things that have happened and it's just like no one talks about it we just pretend it doesn't happen and it's yes. just like <sighs> yes i don't know you know it's like i don't so i think those events have like you talked about the generation of course it's like i, I just feel like this year there's like there's so much i've realized and I, this is like my year of self and i realized yeah. there's things i have to work on and if i don't i'm never going to truly be happy because like i try to put like a band-aid on it but if i don't like process these things and like try to heal from it like i don't want to become what i've seen like other family members become because they don't yes it, you know yes you know? yes <laughs> and i was just about to say that it's so real. It's so Listen, real. like, and it's no shade. It's no shade, but I think it's, oh, when you see people who've dealt with these, like, just traumas, and then you see not only the trauma, but then you see the way that affects their character, and then you see the way that they interact with people and themselves and you know, then you see how they take care of their bodies. You see how they're, you know, not really growing or progressing because of these things that they have not dealt with. That is a life I do not want. Mm-hmm. I want no parts of it. I want no parts of it. If you're, I mean, and I try to say that as sensitively as I can. I've, I'm, there's people, especially in reflecting on my family, I'm not going to give all, all of our business, but I'm going to be honest. There's, um, there's things that have happened in my family and there's people in my family who I felt feel have not dealt with the trauma that's occurred in their lives. Period. And I used to talk to my mom about this all the time. And that's why I'm so grateful to God that he's gave me a mother who had the foresight to be able to say, your emotions are, you know, extreme right now. I need you to see a therapist. And she did it so many different times. Like, I'll be honest. I've been, I saw my first time I seen a therapist was probably first grade. 
mm-hmm. um, because I always had anger issues. Um, but I feel like, and, and so I feel like in my family, when I bring up therapy, everyone looks at me and it's like, well, we go to church. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people over the church need therapy? Okay. And need to seek out more professional assistance? You know what I mean? They, God did not put this person on earth to just be wasting their time in this profession as a psychologist. Right. Like, that's there. that exists for a reason. And it's not for people who, you know, are, you know, just schizophrenic or just bipolar or just, you know, have, um, what do you call it? Starts with a M. Manic, manic disorder. Manic personality disorder. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that extreme. It could simply be, hey, I'm having some negative thoughts or I'm not, I feel like I may not be processing this significant event in my life properly enough to be able to function in a healthy manner daily. It's that Mm -hmm. simple. It's that simple. So when I bring it up and you respond in that way and and then you repeat the same patterns that you in same, you know, um, characteristics that are unhealthy that you uh developed at a young age and you're now doing this in your i won't give out any i don't know 50s 60s 70s so you know i'm gonna be very varied with it 40s 60s 50s 60s 70s you're still like how 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 are we you know anthony and i as young people able to look up to you when we can see that you aren't addressing the things that happened in your in your childhood. And that's like something me and my mom talked a lot about because I would try to talk to her about her childhood and the family and how it was. And she I found out a lot of different things so I can understand why she did the way she she was the way she was, what she why she did what she did. And even um, you know, not to be all doom and gloom, but before she died, um, we talked about oh, I asked her because <laughs> my mom was very controlling. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very controlling. The women in my family are, are controlling. And that's just... Controlling. <laughs> you know? And that's something I actively, actively, actively work on um, to make sure that I'm not like that. Especially in my relationship. I have to be like, you know what? Do you, boo? <laughs> Do you? Um, but I asked her, I said, Mom, why are you so controlling? Because even while she's, like, sick and can't really do anything for herself, she's still, like... Leave me alone. I'm going to do this myself. I'm like, you can't do this yourself. You know, and I'm like, mom, why are you so controlling? And she was just like, because my dad, my dad was controlling in their, in their lives. Right. He was someone mm-hmm. who did not get the help that he probably needed. From what I hear, I think my mom always said he was bipolar. Um, from what it sounds like, I think he might have been clinically bipolar. Um, and so, you know, having the need to control and the OCD too. And so having the need to control everything, like she saw that she grew up with that. Okay. And now she had, you know, residual effect from that inherited that. And then, okay. And then I see that, but me being a person who wants to change that trajectory, I have to be like, okay, how can I change this around so that I don't pass this on to my child? And how can we fix this kind of thing? Like the, so it's just like, I don't know when it comes to family and stuff. It's so don't I think get, I can't. Okay. I know. I just. I'm feel like, tired already. Do you I, know. Know <laughs> I don't want to go there. I know, but I'm just. I think I it's important for black people. <laughs> black people, we have to. We cannot ignore this. We cannot continue to ignore the things that have happened in our childhoods, our lives, and in our family. 
period. And for me personally, it's like, okay, if you're choosing to ignore that, I just can't deal with you. If you're not going to get the help that, you know, I think would assist in helping you progress. Fine. We don't have to deal with each other. I don't have to be with you. I have to be, we don't have to deal with each other. And that's just kind of how it is. Cause I'm focusing on myself. I'm getting the help I need. And that's, what's important to me. I would hope what's important to you is moving past traumatic events. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, it causes so much disruption. It, I could go on and on and on. I have so many different stories and I have so many different situations that come into my mind when talking about this. I just really, really want to stress to the black community. We've got to get a hold of this. Because in segueing into my next question, I was going to let me finish my sentence. But because society is not going to make it any easier for us to live in this world. I'll say that again. As black people, we need to get a handle of this because the world is not going to make it any easier for us to exist. For the people in the back, if you didn't hear. So my question is, has there been any significant event in society that heightened any mental discomfort or rather any kind of mental distress? Oh, (laughs) we're going there. I'm trying to get in a position. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, every day (laughs) uh, since forever. Um, Hmm. I mean, obviously, okay, there's a few things I can say. Obviously, I think, I don't know if I talked about this on here before, but, like, the whole, like, the Trayvon Martin case Mm -hmm. and when the whole, like, Black Lives Matter movement began Mm -hmm. and in social media, I think, really, you know, seeing these images of, Mm -hmm. like, you know what we're talking about. We don't need to go into details, but, well, I'm not going to because I can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, just that like just seeing that and just realizing that people really don't give a fuck about you you know what i'm saying like the effect that has like they really don't and like i was like you know i see on facebook people like who are my friends quote unquote on facebook out here trying to justify shit so i would just have to like delete them and it's like wow it's like really scary and eye-opening but i mean all that takes a toll on you mentally especially when you see all this every damn day just oh i just i don't know you know and recently too there's this this um that stupid picture that was going around of serena Uh. just like shit like that you know like i logged out like i couldn't go on twitter because like i kept seeing and it's just like this is how folks like you know view black people and it's just it takes a fucking toll on you like to have to deal with that every day it's like you're always fighting and you're just you know you just get tired i don't know yeah yeah well you pretty much addressed exactly where i wanted to go with that question um i think in seeing these images over and over and over and over again and these repetitive recycled narratives of black people anti-blackness you know being shoved in our faces I think has a direct correlation with our mental health and I know for me the turning point also was Mike Brown the Mm -hmm. one Black Lives Matter basically I think came out of that um, because they were in Ferguson and that's when the protesting began Mm -hmm. because I you know um, 
I was an African-American studies major in college, and so I studied the way in which the world perceives black people. And even dealing with that was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, it's just overwhelming. And then to see, study the history of, you know, how these narratives and caricatures were created and seeing that pretty much it has Play not changed. <laughs> yeah, it has not changed. You mm-hmm. have to, you know, and then even like walking around in this world and in, in, in non-black spaces, being hyper aware of your blackness, being hyper aware of, okay, if I do this, what are they going to think? If I, you know, how am I looking right now? Do I seem threatening? Am I giving them enough personal space? Um, you know, just be having, there's lots of little things that we just have to worry about that other people don't period. Okay. And that's what it is. And so that I think impacts, you know, your stress level and your health and, you know, even these images that we're saying how we feel about ourselves. So for you as a black man, do you feel like you have a more heightened sense of anxiety? Sure with do. Okay. Yeah. And I've dealt with this too. And it's like, I've dealt with this going on cause I grew up around a lot of white folks. Yeah. Um, especially in schools and stuff. So I learned, like, at a young age, like, how to assimilate. Yes. To be a good, respectable black boy. That's yes. not going to cause problems. Yeah, Just same. focus on myself, do well in school. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I've come back to that now that I've moved back home and, like, what I do for my job now. I was telling you earlier, like, what I do, like, at this place, the person had a red MAGA hat on their desk and a Trump bobblehead. And that was, like, triggering for me. And it's just, like, mm-hmm. wow, like, mm-hmm. you know, y'all really just be, just growing up in that environment just having to uh, I'm, it's like i'm playing the game again you know it's like oh it's it's just exhausting but you always have to it's like i i know how to like code switch you know i like yeah. i know how to you know it's like i learn all like what i have to do so it's like when i'm around like white folks it's like i know what to talk about and <laughs> how like my dialect my tone and mm. oh my God, yes, like a dial it down, yeah, seem approachable. Like, oh. mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and then it's like it's just it gets tiring because y'all don't have to do all that shit. So right, it's like, oh my god, it gosh. takes a toll on you, dude. It's so <laughs> funny because I, I I think I just had an incident. Oh yeah, I was at Costco, and uh, I, I I'm the exact same. I've learned to assimilate. I've learned to be, you know become approachable and sound. I can code switch and do all of those things and. I was at Costco and, you know, um, at first the white, he was like, oh, he looked like he probably voted for Trump. And then that's me stereotyping. I don't really care. That is what it is. <laughs> um, but he like, I was at the gas station and he was, I needed, you know, him to help me with the gas pump thing. And um, he looked like, he had angry look on his face. You know, when, like, well, when some people are have red faces <laughs> and it's just, they look mad or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, he's probably thinking some like, he's probably just not really messing with black folk or whatever and so you know i'm pumping whatever and then he's like and then i have my card out he's like oh you're already ready yep and then he's like starts talking to me about because the uh, the bank that i had he started having conversation with me and then i'm like oh yeah like i seemed interested in what he was saying and i see you know like oh wow oh wow and i ask questions you know mm-hmm. and you know he and by the end of the conversation he's like oh well let me recommend some restaurants to you and mm-hmm. you know I mean? he want to be a friend now right and it's so funny to me because i'm like dang i could really I could really, I know how to switch it up, but I know Finesse. How to, we know how to finesse. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you you know how to, you start to learn how to 
become that person. But at the same time, it's like, what is that doing to our mental? I think it's like survival mode. It really, it's, actually, it is survival mode. That's all it is. It's survival, baby. And it's like, what does that do to us and how in our in our mental health and how we perceive ourselves? Because are we being our true self? Are we being authentic to who we are? Are we able to live freely in who we want to be? And I would say not necessarily so because sometimes I don't want to talk to you. Like, okay. I really could not. But at the same time, I do want to show kindness just because I believe in karma. And, you know, I want to I, I want to mitigate any possible issues so that I can get my gas and get to move, you know, moving my car and going about my business. Right. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I think it's important also to keep in mind the things that happen living as a black person in this world, the things that are happening and the images we see do have a significant impact in our mental health. I mean, whether or not you want to recognize that, that's up to you. Maybe you're fine and lolly da da, you don't even care. Okay. Even if that's how you feel, I still think you probably need help because that signifies something. Like, why are you so numb to everything? Um, and not recognizing the violence that's occurring against us. But it got to a point too, like after Mike Brown, where I was just like, I'm not looking or reading another thing about black people being shot. And for the most part, I don't. When I see the articles, I don't do nothing. I don't look at it. I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything until the time comes where, you know, we're just going to have to make a do what to do. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. Cause to my, to me, it's really never going to stop. So it's about how you adjust in a time where you know that this violence is always going to happen. How do we take care of ourselves so that we can survive this life? Um, Amen. So that's my question. How can we better take care of our mental health? My opinion is therapy. I'm a big, big, big advocate for therapy. I tell my friends, get therapy. I tell my significant others to get therapy. Others. I mean, past, present, future, whatever. <laughs> he, he know what to do. Like, it's not a problem. <laughs> um, like, therapy to me has helped me so much, especially when I got it as, like, being in my 20s. Because I've had it. I've had it. I'm being so transparent. I had it in elementary school. I had it in junior high. I had it in high school. But I didn't do therapy in college, even though I should have. I pushed it off. I pushed it off. Um but when I did it, you know, last year, started again and have been going ever since, it's been a complete like 360 in how I've been able to address my issues and why and how I'm able to address my emotions and, you know, my mindset. And I'm and I'm taking the right steps to make sure that I'm healthy and, and progressing in this life. So I'm an advocate for mental health. I mean, uh, therapy for your mental health. Um, there's also... I mean, this is a plug. They don't sponsor us or anything like that, but I always hear it on the podcast that I listen to. Gonna talk about Pop Talk Space? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk about Talk Space. I never did it. Mm-hmm. I actually talked to someone briefly on there. Um, ended up finding an uh, in person therapist, but for people who may not be comfortable with going in front of someone and mm-hmm. may they provide you the option to chat with a therapist or maybe I think even have a phone call with the therapist, you can download an app called Talk Space. Um, their tagline is therapy for how we live today. They actually just sent me an email. So I'm looking at this. Um, and there is professional therapists there to assist you with whatever is on your heart and on your mind. Does going to therapy mean that something's wrong with you? No, 
And I think that's the most negative perception to have about it. In this life, we're going to have issues. Things are going to be hard. And sometimes it's going to be difficult to get past those obstacles or to um, address the things, significant things or even minute things, whatever, you know, you feel can is is possibly holding you back. It could be anything. It could be anything. Nothing's too big and nothing's too little. If you if there's something on your mind that's weighing you down and you're having headaches, you're having a hard time sleeping, you're not feeling like you want to get out of bed, you're unable to eat, you're eating too much, all these different things that are impacting you, if it's something on your mind that's causing these things, you should talk to a therapist. And if you don't want to be, like I said, if you don't want to go in person with someone, you feel uncomfortable, you think it's going to be awkward, begin with talk space and just chat with someone and mm-hmm. see how you feel. That way, you know, they don't really... They don't have to hear your voice. They don't have to really, you know, be... You can give as much or as little detail as you want. Okay. Um, so that's that's what I think is is something that will aid mental health and is a resource. What about you, Anthony? Yeah. No, you took literally... That's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, it's funny you mentioned that, too. I was just... I was telling my best friend yesterday. We were having mm-hmm. a conversation in the car. And I was like, I have to start therapy again. And I literally told her about Talkspace and mm-hmm. how I'm going to start because they always talk about it on the other podcasts. Yeah. Um, because, like, okay, my mom made me go in high school, then I didn't go. And then I used to work with college students, and I feel like a hypocrite because I'm always telling them, you got to go to the counseling center. It's great, blah, blah, blah. But, like, my ass ain't even been. <laughs> and so it wasn't until last year when everything, when I just felt how I felt, and mm-hmm. I, like, that's when I started going. So I, were, I went, well, I met with, like, three or four different people Cause it takes me a while. I got to vibe with you. I'm not gonna give you yes, a lot of tea. Yes, absolutely. Okay, look. That's important. Okay, and so there was this person. Um, but then I just kind of I missed like a session one week, and then I just kind of fell off. And they were okay, but I still didn't really connect a hundred percent. And then I just honestly like fell off the wagon. But I was like, this is something I have to. I know this is something I need to do that I've been putting off. So I was like, I'm going to start with this because I feel like that works for me. Like it's. I'd be um, more comfortable speaking with someone like that. Yeah. Um. You know, because like in person, like talking to someone, like and they're looking at me and all the like, I just, like I shut down. I don't. I'm just like I'm not gonna. And you're looking at me. It's like the uh, <laughs> that video of uh, Diddy and the guy <laughs> just staring at each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just be like, mm-hmm. so no, just because I I need I know I need it, just really to help me. I mean, it's beneficial for everyone, but just, I know it'd be so helpful just to navigate life, like everyday right. things, like everything you were saying, there's so much going on in the world. And then on top of that, you add like your personal shit and it's just like, it's too it much. comes, it's, it's just too much, you know? Um, and it just, just as things arise in your life, so you can make sure you're processing it and not suppressing it. Like I usually yes. do, like just to get some of my tea today, like. I was talking about this. Like, I texted my best friend. Okay, I haven't talked to my dad in, like, forever, okay? The last time I've seen him, I was 15. Mm-hmm. Because he's been in and out of jail. And I was like, I told him in seventh grade. I was like, if you ever go back to jail, you're out of my life. And then he got out. And then he went back when I was, like, a sophomore. So I was like, I'm not, like, I'm a Virgo. I'm going to hold a grudge. And I'm not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so, but I know this is something I need to work on. And my grandma was like, you know, she was asking me the other day. She's like... Um, your dad wants to t- your number so he can text you happy birthday. It's up to you. I was like, okay, fine, give it to him because I know this is something I've t- 
told the universe I need to work on. So like, mm-hmm. I'm like, she told me this. Okay. So he texted me today. I didn't reply to this text, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know what to say. And then he texted me a video of him. Okay. So he has another kid now who's four months. He already has two other kids. One's like 18 and one's like maybe 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Don't really talk to them. But he texted me that he has another kid now who's four months and like he's named after him like they have the same name so he's like a junior and it was so weird dana like seeing a video of him like yeah. with this baby it was i didn't expect to have a reaction but like even something like that because i was like i felt some type of way and i didn't think i would yeah and it was just like things like that was like okay i just That's... feel like you know mm-hmm. so like i would be like if i have my talk space i'll like get on this mm-hmm. right now like I was going to say, that's a trigger. <laughs> yep, that's a trigger for that's your... Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Get that. You know this motherfucker is actually... You know, just things like that I think would be helpful. I yes. actually I already put it in my budget for October. So it's okay, like the good. first thing I'm going to do when I'm planning my finances. It's like in my budget and stuff. But yeah. I just think like I like... It's so important. Just things like that so I can process this shit and not just suppress it. Because yeah. I felt the and I was like I just know there's like so much not even just you know just things from my past with my yeah. family so just as things arise in your life just to have someone you can talk and like debrief and process it with it's great it would be great yeah so, like I'm I gotta like you have to work on like you have to I'm like this is my year of self but it's like okay that's an aspect of it you know right I'm always like you know if I when I'm getting everything I want, if I'm not internally um, satisfied, then what's what's the point, honestly? So exactly, you know what I'm saying? So I yeah, what you saying? Well, that's yeah. good. I mean, I'm glad that's in your plans, and I, you know, being able to recognize like that you felt a type of way about that is sure did. <laughs> is that's the first step, really? Is like recognizing like oh, why do I feel a type of way about this? Okay, maybe I need to talk to someone about this. Maybe I just want, I just want a second opinion. I just, you know, I just want, basically that's what I think therapy is. It's a second opinion because we have our own thoughts and we have our own opinions of, you know, this person should have did this, this, my life could have been this, this has happened and this is how I feel. The second opinion offers maybe agreement in your perspective or an alternative perspective that you never considered. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's dope. What's up, y'all? If you have a personal question related to today's topic that you want us to answer on next week's show, or if you have a relatable story of your own, be sure to email us at growtoglowpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on social media. And of course, we will keep you anonymous unless you tell us otherwise. We won't be out here exposing y'all on these podcast streets, okay? Okay. Now back to the show. Moving on to our next segment. What is your grow to glow goal of the week? It sounds like your goal is to be able to transition to talk space in October. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal. It's that's that's the first thing when I get this check. That's the first. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I got lots. I've been taking notes. I was like, we got lots. This person, they're gonna have just lots to uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be sending paragraphs and paragraph essays. That's uh, good yeah. though. Because you'll no, feel I better. Yeah. I will. Like, even when I had started towards the beginning, like, I was doing it, like, September to December. I felt better. But then as stuff started resurfacing, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I ran from it. But it's like, okay, you can't just run forever, boy. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's mine. What about you? 
Um, I think my goal, I want to start journaling more because I like bottle things up inside and I have thoughts and then like I'll ruminate on it and then I'll stop and then that seed of whatever negative thought I had will still be there while I move on with something else Mm -hmm. instead of like going back to it and being like, okay, this thought came up. Why? What does this mean? Where did this come from? Why do you feel this way? Being able to like really, um, sit on it and unpack it. So I want to start journaling more. So that's going to be my goal to just journal and get it out. Cause I always feel better once I get it out and have it on paper. Then what Uh, I really want to do is be able to, in a couple years, revisit what I wrote and see how far I've come. I think that would be super dope. Yes. I am an advocate of journals, of notebooks. Mm -hmm. I got like 20 notebooks. Mm -hmm. I love to journal. Like, that's, yeah, I agree. Get a moleskin. Moleskin. I don't know how to pronounce it. I love those. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just looking at my journal the other day because I do do that. And I was, it was like, I was looking at this time last year. Yeah. When all this happened. And like now, and it's just like, damn, I really don't feel, I was just like, damn, I don't feel, I, like I feel a lot lighter. Yeah. A lot of work still to be done, but a lot of progress. Like you forget. Sometimes you get caught up, but it's right. like, damn, I ain't feeling like that right now. So I agree. And to like retrospect to look back on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we hope that you guys, you guys liked this episode and um, received some good information that helps. Um, if you could relate, uh, you know, just take something from it. Um, we're going to end with a quote. Anthony, do you have a quote? I don't know who says this quote, but it says, No one else can heal you the way you heal yourself. That is your own special magic. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, gotta, gotta start doing some work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? So mine comes from Alex L. Um, from her book, Neo Soul. And I always love her quotes because they're just so powerful to me. She says, there will be moments when you bloom fully and then wilt only to bloom again. If we can learn anything from flowers, it is that resilience is born even when we feel like we are dying. And that is the freaking truth. Okay. <laughs> that is the truth. Stay resilient. Yes. Through it all. All right. Um, anything else to add? <sighs> no, you got this, Virgo. Lord, opening up. <laughs> Doing all this work. I'm tired now. Yes. We'll go watch some of Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> the rest of the night, eat my snacks. <laughs> my snacks. <Woo>. We are <laughs> here to grow to glow, okay? Woo. okay. Glowing Doing- and growing. Doing the work. I feel like your trainer. How you? <laughs> you my trainer. How we got you out there? That'd be Listen, you. Look, <laughs> gotta pass it along. That's right now. That's right. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much. Um, Share our episode. And if you have any comments, let us know. That's it. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.